लोग क्या कहेंगे वॉट वो पीपल सै दिस इज अ फ्राइज दट इज थ्रोन अराउंड अ लॉ इन द साउथ एशियन कम्युनिटी अ फ्राइज विच इज यूज टू टीच अस टू पुट आर ओन हैप्पीनेस सेकेंड एंड दी अपीनियंस ऑफ एक्सटेंडेड फैमिली द कम्युनिटी एंड इवन रैंडम स्ट्रेंजर्स फर्स्ट You're listening to the Sisterhood of Mummy and Perfect, the weekly podcast that celebrates and explores womanhood. I'm Rina, aka Mummy and Perfect, and in this episode, I'm going to be dissecting that very loaded phrase, "Log kya kahenge?" What will people say? So it's a phrase which South Asian females are all too familiar with, and my guest and I are going to be discussing whether what the aunties and the community think is still important to us. Now, how do we break out of that pressure to follow a certain path? in life is there still a part of us that thinks of oh, its tradition and if we break out of the community who will we even be so i'm going to introduce my guest now it's smithali from the podcast brown game strong welcome to the sisterhood of mummy and perfect smithali hello thank you for having me it's so nice to be here <laughs> no worries it's nice to connect with you so smithali um i'm just going to go straight in and ask you how much does it affect you what people think and when i when i'm saying what people think is like not on a kind of personal level like oh you know what people think of me and stuff that's a separate issue but in terms of the community family that kind of thing all of it yeah it affects every single part of my being and it has done since i was a very young girl um i think I'm now in this space where my brain knows that I should just let go of these antiquated mindsets of, you know, make decisions and do things to follow a certain path just to please people around you because like really what what benefit do they even bring into our lives apart from just passing judgment? Um and we do it to other people too. I think we form part of that community as well. But I'm now in a space where I am kind of trying to unlearn, you know, that hard coded um mindset that has been kind of drilled into me from when I was really young and it's happened in so many ways over the years and the smallest things I've done you know it's been like no but you know if you're going to india like you have to cover your skin like what are people going to say if you're showing too mm-hmm. much leg or too much mm-hmm. um cleavage or whatever you know and um i think it's just constantly navigating that every day now and trying to pick the things that i do agree with and say okay no i think this does really matter to me and i will still mm-hmm. do things um following a certain path um and on the other hand i'll also pick out things where i'm just like no no this is complete bs i'm not going to follow this um and yeah it's like a daily learning and unlearning process for me so yeah it definitely affects me and it's very relevant to people of my generation we're in our late 20s we grew up without the internet um you know where those 90s babies where mm-hmm. um we have grown up um with fairly traditional values put on us um i definitely have as a first generation immigrant um mm-hmm. and as a female and as a desi you know as a sindhi um mm-hmm. i have so many different layers to kind of unpack there and so many people to please so it's constantly a battle and one thing with me is as well i'm very i've always been very agreeable i've been a bit of a sheep and i'm not that rebel you know you have your typical mm. um people who um kind of just challenge everything and they'll just rebel and i think there's a space for that and that's amazing mm-hmm. i'm just not that i am the person who 
still wants to please my parents. I still don't want to, you know, give aunties a reason to talk badly about me. Um, and so that's where my platform also came about, Brown Game Strong. When I started it two years ago, I didn't see that many platforms that were doing these things quietly. There were very, there were loud ones out there, you know, who were like, you know, F the patriarchy and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're not going to listen to what the aunties think of us and we're just going to get tattoos everywhere and just live our best lives and talk about our sexuality. And I think that's great. Like, I saw such a market for that and, you know, it was being fulfilled. Um, but I didn't see a space for us good Indian girls, you know, who are like, actually, I'm quite progressive, but I don't want to piss anyone off. Um, so, <laughs> so I think that being in that middle ground is so challenging every single day because sometimes you overstep sometimes you don't do enough and there's always a bit of a internal struggle of you know am I doing too much am I not doing enough where where do I draw the line that's really exhausting that's really (laughs) exhausting to have not only what do I want to do right oh you know what do my parents want me to do what's going to look good obviously you know you care about your parents I care about my parents right a lot of Asian families are very close-knit you don't want people to slag your parents off behind their backs. You don't want them no. to look down on your parents. So what does that mean? Okay, my dad said, be a lawyer. I definitely should be one. So that everyone's like, oh, look at his daughter. She's a lawyer. And you, I'm not going to lie. Part of me wants that, still wants that. And part of me wanted that, like growing up. And I was this very agreeable girl as well, right? Not that I'm like some kind of crazy rebel now, but I was very agreeable, you know, sensible. I'm the, I'm the eldest of three girls, um, you know, went to uni and stuff. So my dad kind of was trying to push me towards accountancy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Because he said this and all the uncles who are accountants are saying this. So, yeah, realised I found it was like boring as hell. Didn't want to do it. Wasn't even good at it. I'm more of a creative, right? So that was quite difficult to be like, okay no I I actually want to create stuff and I can do it I'm going to work for the BBC and I will do it and you know my parents being oh okay and then I was still good I was still and then you know what the the the, in when the Asian community if they looked at me the time when I went from being good and agreeable to being uh the not very good girl the rebel is when I married a black guy and that is when Mm. that is when people probably oh no no, she's lost it. She's lost it. Do you know what I mean? That's cancelled. <laughs> cancelled. Exactly. And that was really hard as well because it's like, um, you know, I obviously I, I I'm like, oh, this is the perfect person and things. And for me, it's like, I was always like, if I find the perfect person, and I, I they don't come along that often in life. And I would say this to everybody, you know, things like that don't come along that often so you need to grab it and it's really difficult it's really difficult when you're like oh but mom and dad this is exactly the kind of person that you wanted but it's just that he's black like and they did finally realize that but um funnily enough i don't think my family was cancelled from the south asian community and i thought that that would happen and i think it's probably Mm. because they were with me Mm. but it's that yeah yeah i totally agree i think if you've got your parents on board you're in a much better position. And mm. I think other people also see, like, what's the point of saying things when yeah. you're not even offending anyone in the family because they all yeah. know anyway. So I think I've always adopted this mindset as well. Like, with anybody that I've dated, with just my just any of my decisions, 
I always vet them with my parents. I make sure that I speak to them and I've really built that relationship or tried to. And even now I'm visiting home and I'm I'm definitely, when I talk to them, I can see that they've grown, but like in a certain direction and I don't live with them anymore. So we sometimes don't have those important discussions every mm. single day. But when I, whenever I come to visit and we have these like two hour chats, just like sitting around mm-hmm. at dinner mm-hmm. or whatever, um, that's when I realize where the differences are in the mindset. And even now, like, you know, I have certain opinions about, like, I'm quite open-minded and I'm, I'm a very sort of trying to learn always and trying to accept people, um, mm. you know, and I think many of us are, like, we're just trying to make sure that no one is, you yeah. know, uncomfortable or being disregarded or disrespected in the community. Um, there's things like, you know, queerness, like being queer. I'm not queer mm. myself, but I have a lot of friends who are. Uh, who do identify as queer and I'm, I do try and explain that to my parents who don't understand the concept mm. and even now you know it's it's so, so much of it they just give me a blank stare but I make it a point to put my opinion across wherever I get the chance um, there will be conversations around mental health um, I can sense that you know the idea of depression and um, and anxiety and panic attacks these things are starting to become more normal in even the older generation of our parents, because we're talking about it more. But I think they still don't quite understand it. Like, they don't, for example, understand things that could eventually lead to someone taking their life, for example. That's still considered, oh, it's a bad thing. Why would anybody do that? But Mm -hmm. there's so much that happens before that. And so it's things like that where I'm just like, wherever I get an opportunity, I talk to them. When it comes to dating, I'll talk to them. I'll be like, "This, I'm, I'm seeing this person. What do you think? Because I did the whole seeing someone not telling them for a while and that's obviously I was younger as well and I think they wouldn't have accepted it straight away either at the time um but obviously like that sorry about the noise um but yeah that whole conversation I feel like it is uncomfortable but the sooner you have it the easier it will be and if you are someone who cares about the community and what people will think you need to get your family on board and if your family is the type of family that will understand then you're lucky I'm lucky in that sense that I can have these conversations I don't think everybody has understanding parents unfortunately um but but if you do hold on to it and really use it and you know drill into their heads the kind of mentality that you have and the kind of life that you want to lead do it over time that's what I did I started having these conversations at 16 you know the kind of guy that I would want to marry and it was so different to what they wanted for me because parents tend to go for a cookie cutter approach right when they think about a partner for you they'll think about all the stuff that you probably won't think about like what kind of community they're from um what you know how wealthy the family is um Mm. how they're regarded in in society how our families are going to look together um those are not really the things we look at when we're dating someone or like swiping on bumble or hinge you know Mm. um but i think it's so important to have these conversations early and certainly if anyone's listening and is like slightly younger I would definitely say start having those conversations it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward but over the years you see the benefit of that because you start to bridge the gap slowly see that that's actually quite um progressive because I I don't think I could have said to my parents oh I'm seeing somebody they would have been like uh excuse me like what if you're seeing someone you better marry them like tomorrow what are you talking about Mm -hmm. you know I could never have said that and 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 it was like it had to be a secret until it was like at that level of oh my god this is serious that it's like verging on marriage and now we have to tell them or you know for me I was even up for that whole arranged marriage thing I was up for it I I didn't mind at all and I was like this is gonna happen 
this is the way we do things. I'm okay, you know, I can vet people and whatever myself. I don't have to be pushed into anything. And it just, so, you know, it wasn't like, I was like oh no, you know, you're not going to fix me up. I was okay with it. It just so happened that I met someone. But I just feel like, you know, that's amazing that your parents are okay with you saying, I'm seeing somebody and not trying to arrange am, a marriage. I am in my late, yeah, I mean, I am in my late 20s and we do get questions, you know, from extended family members of when's Matali getting married? Because I am technically next in line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also noticed now some of my cousins who are younger than me are like ready to get married and I'm not. And that's, I think that's also really progressive and it's great that, you know, people aren't following this like strict rigid timeline of like the eldest gets married first, otherwise there's something wrong with the family, which mm-hmm. actually was something that... Um, people used to believe back in the day and I'm really glad that that's changing because I think also what I've grown up with especially in my formative like more uh, impressionable years when I was in my early teens I sometimes still feel like my um, my whole like value system and my programming is actually attuned to that time that era um, because that's when my brain was like developing the neurons and everything. Now I'm actually unlearning. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I actually need to get with the times as well because our parents are also changing with the times and they, mine have certainly like changed their views and become more lax with certain things just because mm. they've seen stuff happen around them. And also things like when you talk about relationships, you know, um, back then there was no question about like there was no consideration of divorce and now we're starting to see like people who've had incredible weddings you know you think it's just like happily yeah, ever after two years later got divorced so you know and that's good for them if they're happy you know knowing that they they're better off not together I think yeah. that's of such a personal thing but you also realize that like that old school mentality we had of what makes a good marriage isn't actually going to work in every single situation. And I think parents do see that as they see the community evolve around them. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think these things change over time. And I've also had to kind of change with it and be like, actually, my parents are pretty cool now about certain things. And, oh, they're still very strict about that thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Noted, you know. But they're, I think our parents, like they're people in their own right. They're on their own journey as well. As we are on our own journey, we're like, oh, we are learning things and stuff. They're doing that too. And it doesn't mean that they're older and that they're just stuck in a time. Some are, and those people are sorely disappointed sometimes because not everything's the same as it was in 1975, right? Um, Yeah. So I just think our parents are on this journey as well. And they might bend a little bit because of their own learning about things. You know, I mean, everybody's mum and dad on Facebook now, right? So... Ever. Instagram. I'm saying TikTok. (laughs) Exactly. So they are kind of exposed to a lot, you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I've just told my mum to watch Bombay Bagel. It's got loads of sex in it. As if she's like a little girl. It's like, well, she's a mum. She's a grandma. Like, what am I even like? But it's because, you know, you think that they're going to be like, oh my God, that's got sex in it. How dare you recommend this program to me? But then my mum was like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And I was like, really is it <laughs> but yeah but you know what I mean she was like oh this is a brilliant drama series it's amazing and then I was like oh okay so you know they are kind of exposed to these things and appreciating changes and stuff as well um yeah also but, Bombay Begums has Pooja Bhatt as the main character and yeah. she's very relatable for that generation because yeah. she was really popular at the time mm-hmm. right so seeing her and these kind of characters it's like oh actually 
Yeah, desi girls are pretty progressive too, and you know yes. it's no longer a case of oh, only white people do these things. You know, we don't do that because you you can't hold that argument anymore. There's exactly. too many examples that contradict it. I actually wanted to ask you. So you said that you married、um, someone in the black community, and、yeah. how has that that actually been like with the gelling of the families? Because that I think is a really common question that comes up. Yeah, and I think I did have these kind of in my head. Maybe I'd watched too many Bollywood films, or I'd just been、Same. around a lot of family <laughs> weddings, right? And you think it's going to be like your sass is going to go, "Oh, welcome and do your arti at the door and things like that." Obviously, you're not going to get that when you marry out、yeah. of the Indian community. <laughs> you're not、yeah. going to get that, you know.、Um, and even by the way, if your sass is there, if your mother-in-law is there, like doing your arti at the door, it doesn't mean she's going to be the nicest mother-in-law in the world. You know, she still might be a bitch. Who knows, right? So,、Amen. yeah, exactly. So,、um, those things is for me. It's like, oh, I'm not getting all these rituals and things like, and it's quite different. And they're just like more laid back, and I'm not used to it. But you know, my family,、um, like, they're not. I don't think it's like Indian families how they gel and they do all the things together and all the functions and things because they're not going to be. But they are there to support each other. And when we have things to celebrate our kids, like. Big birthday parties, or christening, or something like that. You know, it's definitely a mix of both cultures. Like the food is definitely a mix of both cultures. You know what people are wearing. The families come together, and you know they like to be together. Like Christmas and stuff. You know, people will come to our house, so it's both sides of the family, and that's nice. Like it, you know, it is nice. And I just think that they, the families, there's a lot of、uh, mutual respect. Each other,、mm. and that they they like、mm. each other. You know, my dad's like、um, my mom and dad both. They want to go to Ghana because that's where my、um, husband's family are from. So they're dying to go there now.、Um, and my husband's been to India two times、uh, with my children as well.、Um, mm. And my family there were very very accepting of him. Like, oh, let's show you around. Come on, do you want to come here? Do you want to do this? You know, absolutely loved him because he's very sensible and educated as well. You know, it's it, this is the thing. It's like I'm. You know, oh yeah, I've I've done something so big. I've broken a boundary from the race. But if you actually look at him, he's like exactly the he's he's very sensible, and he's and then I think because he's so sensible and educated and stuff, my parents are like, oh, yeah, he's actually what we wanted for her, just the wrong race, you know, <laughs> like. And I think they'd seen so many、um, marriages within the family and within the community、mm. that had failed because people had been pushed together because it looked good on paper because the families. Were perfect for each other and whatever, and then those marriages ended up falling apart, or they're like toxic, and everybody can look at it and know that it's toxic. Nobody's happy. So because they had seen that, that I think that softened them as well. They were like, "Well, do we want her to be in a marriage like that? Just because it's all perfect on paper, you know?" Even my grandma,、mm. my two grandmas who were both alive at the time that I got married, they're the ones that said, "Look, is his family a nice family?" Is he a good、mm. guy? Is he gonna look after her? And then、yeah. my parents were like, yeah, because you know, it is what it is. And then they were like, well, I don't see the problem then. And then that it was a massive deal that they got the go ahead from the elders. And I think that's、mm. what really, that's what really、um, made everybody okay with it. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Like that's I'm so happy for you, and I, it's amazing with grandparents, isn't it? They really surprise you. I think it's because、yeah. they've lived so long and they've seen so much happen that it's just like actually all that really matters is for someone to just take care of you and respect you, and you、that's、know it goes、right. back to basics really, and like yeah, 
Also, there's so many similarities between like the black community and the South Asian community. Yeah. Um, you know, this, the values are very, very similar. And like family, yeah. food, you know, being loud, being like, you know, just 100%. celebrating everything. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Blindian Project, but I have uh-huh. the founder, um, yeah, Jonah, on my podcast. And, and that's where, because he's married to, um, he's black and he's married to a South Asian mm-hmm. lady. And, you know, he was also saying like the cultures are so similar and it really blew my mind because it's just these things are all in our head and they're conditioning because um, we're sheltered away. Like even now, I don't think I have very many black friends and, um, you know, in our Sindhi community in Spain, like I don't think we really interact with black people that much. But yet there are strong opinions against people of, you know, certain races and cultures Mm -hmm. and religions. And it just blows my mind because it's like, but you don't even know that many people in that community. How can you have an opinion? (laughs) You know, and that's where I think we're starting to change that and be like in question because maybe also it's the whole like, well, they were immigrants and so they stuck to their own. And Mm -hmm. for us, we actually have the luxury of like interacting with different um you know cultures without having that whole thing in our head of oh this happened in the world war or you know the partition or whatever it is um that people build up over time in their heads so so it's actually such a nice time to be alive I think um it's it's a really great generation to be a part of like I'm so happy to be a 90s baby because I I think I've like gotten to see so much change in my life Mm. which has been both good and bad but yeah but like you're obviously younger than me and like you know I think some people think, oh, you know, like your your generation, oh, they don't care about all these things, you know, they don't care about marriage, they don't believe in it, and like, you know, everybody's just like, yeah, do what you want. But it's obviously not the case. And I was talking to my husband about this um, the other day because somebody that we know um, is having a baby and they're, they're not married, but they're it's fine and everybody's happy and stuff. But I was like, I said to him, oh, you know, I ideally i would want my children to get married first and then mm. be ready to have a baby then have a baby afterwards right that's for me that's quite important and it's just because of the way that i was brought up and like oh you know it's important to have that commitment and it's not so much as it's not so much oh what are people going to say because i don't really care you know um i think i've kind of freed myself a bit from that however i do have those still those values of like no i think having a commitment and the two families kind of coming together and seeing you make that commitment is really important and then have a family right so he was like okay fine but he's like you know that they're not going to care he's like the younger generation don't care about these things like we do you know you can't be like stuck in your old school way i'm like but then they do i'm like they do care Mm. i think they do care and i think people still do believe in marriage i don't think it's all about oh because my parents told me to i think people genuinely do what do you think I believe in marriage and I think a lot of our generation do. Um, I don't, I can't speak for Gen Z, but for millennials, like for sure, because we've grown up with these values that our parents have taught us. And my parents are, you know, from India, they grew up Mm. in the homeland. And so they've brought over so much of that and instilled it in me. I have a very different view of marriage, though, because I think I think I am a lot more realistic and maybe cynical at times. And it's come from years of fear. And I definitely, you know, when I hit like 26, 25, 26, I started to get a lot of anxious feelings around marriage because I knew that there was a spotlight on me and you know people were like oh when are you thinking about getting married and I started to see it as pressure an obligation I started to see it as oh my gosh like 
even though I am a, you know, new age woman and I work and I'm, you know, independent and everything, if I get married, yeah. being a woman, I'm going to have to bend over backwards. My life is going to yeah. change. I'm going to have to change my surname. I'm going to have to change my first name, which still happens in the Sindhi community. My whole identity first, is going to change. You change your first name? We do, yes. Really? I, can, I know some, because I'm Punjabi, Hindu Punjabi, and... I do know some women that came in, like, they were like, oh, hi, my name's Asha. No, your name's Arti now, for example. You know, it's like, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. so, why is this that happening? So, um, it's, I think it's like a mix of, like, like, Hindu values, but also just specifically in the Sindhi community. When a woman gets married, they believe that her horoscope changes. So, you know, I think, I don't know if this applies in across, like, Hindu um, like all Hindus, but when we're born, we get given a letter or something, right? To mm. to like give us, um, be named based on. Um, and that's based on when we were born in our horoscope. And so can you think of anything more patriarchal than your horoscope has now changed because you are married to a man and the man's hasn't changed. It's just yours. So that's what like, I'm just like, mm, that I know a lot of people now don't adopt that mentality anymore because personally, I, I don't believe in you get married and your destiny changes or whatever. I, I don't think that makes any sense mm. to me. Um, and so I wouldn't. And I actually wouldn't even get rid of my surname. If anything, I would add a surname on maybe. But, um, you know, I, I, this is my identity. I've spent almost mm. 30 years. <laughs> I will have almost spent almost 30 years of my life living with this name i can't change that anymore so, I think so, they, also... so you get a, a new name when you enter the, so apparently horoscope horoscope changes you get a new name when you enter this new family that's what happens yes yeah like and then it's name. apparently considered lucky to be um referred to by this new name um within your in-laws so that's why they, they then like kind of discard your old name yeah. And and so I, I don't know where these things come from, but what I know is I will question it, you know. And so this whole going back to your question of um, do you believe in marriage? Yes. And I think I see it more as a partnership. Obviously, I am a feminist and I live in an age where I don't believe that, you know, there has to be one breadwinner and mm, one person yeah. sits at home unless that's a choice. And ultimately, it comes down to choice. And I think at the time, you know, with our parents' generation and possibly even you know, other factors such as moving country, such as not having enough finances. There are various reasons why, um, you know, certain patriarchal values were put in place mm -hmm. um, and, and also continued. But for me, it is a choice and I will do it if I'm ready and happy. And, you know, ultimately it's also for when you want kids and you just want that extra firm ground, you know, for, for their future. So, yes, to an extent... I would say I challenge the the patriarchal version of marriage and and this whole mindset of your life changes because you're a girl. Um, that I've, I've rejected that now. And I'm just like, you know what? It doesn't give me that much anxiety anymore because I've just decided that's not going to happen. And I have a choice and I have a say mm -hmm. in the matter. And it comes from privilege because I am privileged to have a choice. Not many girls do even now. Um, so, so yeah, I, I take that as a responsibility as well as, mm -hmm. um, you know, as well as independence and freedom of choice. It does come with a responsibility. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, I would say that I too reject certain things about marriage. Like they didn't happen in my marriage because obviously I didn't get married in Indian, but if they had, I would have been like, I'm not comfortable with this. Things like Ganyadan, my parents don't believe in Ganyadan and, mm -hmm. you know, some of my friends, their parents did they they did that and and they 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 you know they fasted until 
they gave the daughter away something i don't know there was that's what they said oh we're doing kanyadan so we're fasting i'm like oh my god it's a long day and you're fasting to do kanyadan okay but it's that's important to them and the fact that it's like we've given you away now so we can't come to your house and eat and things like that right so mm-hmm. that was a big deal for them i wouldn't have been comfortable with that my parents don't really believe in that anyway you know things like dowry people still do that in a very like undercover way or call it different yes. things essentially it's dowry yes. isn't it yes. you know yes um, this is I- what's worse about it right sorry to cut you off but i'm right. just going to yeah. say with the with the whole dowry thing yes it's socially unacceptable to ask for dowry but people still expect it and um a woman coming into a family especially if it's like the same same caste i think these issues happen when it's like a similar caste usually um cuz cuz i mean then the subtleties become very obvious in the families yeah and um if a woman doesn't bring a hefty amount of jewelry or nice things then she will be looked down on like it won't be said aloud but it will be subtle it will be micro you know and those that's more dangerous because it's almost like the mindset the mindset's still there but people are just pretending like yeah. it's not a thing because they think they're really progressive you know that's where things go really scary because it's like well at least back in the day it was just obvious you know it was like a different Dowry, kind of yeah, scary how much now Neither, it's the nice exactly. things isn't it now it's what you said jewelry and nice things how much jewelry and nice things are you going to bring to us you know yeah. uh, how many presents are you going to give to our side of the family yeah. you know and and then you will be just a proper lok ya kahenge thing you will be judged then forever oh her parents are the ones that gave cheap gold you know her parents yeah. are the one that god forbid gave fake gold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and what i mean it's also and- scary if there are multiple people in the family like if there are two sons and then you know there are two different daughter-in-laws that have come oh, god, and they yeah. brought in different things then there's favoritism um then there is bullying you know there i mean i've not experienced it firsthand but i can imagine it to be quite yeah. scary and bad um so these are the kind of things that are really tough to navigate when you're living in a generation where you're like i don't care what people think actually but it affects you what people think affects your parents and you love your parents and so you wouldn't do anything to upset them and so yes on one hand like i said earlier you know there is a whole there is so much space for rebellion right there is a lot of like screw everything i'm just going to sorry I'm, i don't know if i'm allowed to swear swear you but, um, whatever yeah but yeah it's just you know i don't care i'm just going to live my life i'm going to go live in a random country and not be part of this community but like i still love my parents they've given me so much and i think that there is that you know that kind of yeah. subtle difference and and i think when when you see that your actions do have a ripple effect it comes with a responsibility for me personally i see it as one where i'm like you know i've been given a lot of freedom and i can definitely say in my community i and and you know like looking around me people who've had a similar upbringing to me i've been given a lot of freedom like i've you know moved country at 17 um i live alone i've been living there for 10 years you know my parents and i are in touch and we we, we talk all the time and i tell them like everything and I see that as such a privilege but also people around me are looking at me and they're saying oh she gets all this freedom so why don't I the minute I do something that's going to piss everybody off that's it like like we said right cancelled and then it's like oh that's why she like she got all this freedom and now she's oh, just yeah. misused it 
right? So it's like there is a line. And if you cross that line, it's almost like you've gone too far and you're no longer a good example for the kids in the community. Um, And people don't care about it. But whenever I come back home and, you know, I even if I talk to my family or if I meet people and they say, oh, you're doing all these things, you run, you know, this podcast and you're having all these conversations. I think if I started to really offend people on my platform and use my privilege um, to really just like break through everything rather than slowly inch towards progression, then I think people would just shut off and they'd just be like, we don't like her. She's, you know, she's spoiled. She's had too much freedom, whatever. We're not going to like, we're not going to base our kids on that kind of upbringing. And that's where things are. It's almost like those hundred steps I took, I suddenly got way, went back to square one, you know? Mm. Um, I think that's where I, I see my re- privilege being a responsibility. Yeah. Uh, yes. Wow. It's a, a, a heavy, heavy privilege, isn't it? It's a heavy weighted privilege. Um, yeah I think like with me like I I do completely identify with what you're saying and I know people who've for example had relationships with people who are like the same background and religion different castes they loved each other I'm gonna break up with you because you know my parents are really important to me and they don't want me to be with you so I need to marry someone that they want and then they've been with then they got married to somebody else and I don't know whether they were Mm. happy with that or whatever or you know missing their actual first true love I don't know but people do that right people do that um i think with with me like i am that example probably in the community like i'm not gonna lie like let's not i'm not gonna pretend this is not happening i'm probably that example of oh you let her move to london and now look what happened to her yeah now she's married to a black guy oh well you know we're not gonna let our kids do that yeah. like i mean i'm sure but they're not but then i think that they find our family very confusing because of the mm. fact that okay so we thought she was cancelled because she did that you know so she's obviously ruined her life and um oh but now her parents are actually uh with her they do everything together oh my god the son-in-law's like invited to all the things and uh you know what is going on here like you know even when my, my grandma here passed away a few years ago you know, he was one of the people, like, carrying the coffin because... And he wasn't going to be, but one of my aunties was like, no, you're the the grandson. Go and do it. And because my grandma, mm-hmm. she really loved him as well. So it was yeah. just the thing to do. But then even things like that, where there's all the family, they're probably like, what the hell's going on in this family? Like, are, is she not cancelled? Like, mm-hmm. what's... You know what I mean? So it, it's confusing because, you know, people want to put you in boxes like... Right, yes. this is a family where this person was disowned because they did the wrong thing. And mm. then, oh, this is a family where, oh, they're all good because they've gotten married to exactly the right people. Maybe someone from India, everyone that their parents chose. You know, oh, they're doctors and lawyers. You know, it's it's kind of... And then if you're not in a box or you don't fit in a box, people are a bit like, oh, I don't quite understand what's happening here. Mm, um, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're uncancelled all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yes, but- exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the mindset I think that that I personally am trying to change in myself, which is you can't just cancel someone just because of something, you yeah. know, like humans are so complex. Like we can't just be like, oh, this person is a bad person because they did this and this mm-hmm. is this does not agree with what I believe. So, you know, we're just going to cancel them forever. And, you know, it, it, it does go back to like cancel culture and just giving people more of, of the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, and I, I definitely think that as the next generation auntie, I would want to 
just be more open-minded and just let people live a little. And I think also just having more things to do in your life just automatically takes your attention away from other people's lives. So given that, you know, us, we are all now working, we have like 5,000 side hustles. I just don't think we really have the time to really care. And and if anything, it's actually quite nice that there are different cultures um, merging. So I think you're definitely a pioneer and you should be really (laughs) proud of yourself because you're, you're doing, you're doing that exact thing of like, changing mindsets but still not pissing everyone off clearly um and that's what Mm. we want i i kind of think um i i as as much as i am also an example of like oh this is what you don't do i think some people whose kids maybe do want to marry someone of their own choice probably think okay well they seem to be okay you know touch wood and so I, a lot of people um like other podcasters or journalists or whatever you know people at the BBC used to want me to come on to programs. Oh, Rena, so tell us, what is it like being a mixed race marriage? You know, did you get disowned? What is it like? What's it like bringing up kids in two cultures? And I'm like, and I used to go, like, you know, I used to be on part of, okay, you know, and part, part of the reason is it was my friends, some like people in the industry that I knew who were asking me to do these things. I was like, okay, fine, I'll come on your show, whatever. And, yeah. and over the last year or so, I've just been like, no. I don't, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because mm. I don't, I, you know, I've said this before on this podcast, I'm not going to be the mouthpiece anymore. If I'm the example, mm. I will be the example, but I've got to concentrate on actually doing my own thing. Like my family, you know, my husband, my kids, my parents and whatever, and, and actually just living my life. And if you want to look at that and, and use it as some kind of example, that's on you and that's absolutely fine. I don't mind doing that, you know? Mm. And I think because there's two ways with everything it's like one way is campaigning i want to campaign hard against this i'm going to go shout it out from the rooftops and things fine that needs to be done as well but then also i think there's a maybe you can make a difference in your own way in your own way by actually just living your life doing you you know and and then and 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 also kind of those that culture and those morals and things they haven't left me and I just think that's Mm. really important for people to understand um Mm. because I was brought up in a very kind of um it's very cultured upbringing you know so Mm. we did things like went to Bharatanatyam lessons you know we uh learned to sing bhajans in the temple we Mm. were went to all these like Diwali shows and I, my dad would be like oh you know there's a Diwali switch on light ceremony and I'm organising it you're going to do a speech about what Diwali means to everybody I'd be like 15 years old you know that was the upbringing that was and that was the yeah. community we were immersed in and yeah. you know um, going back to India all the time so those things don't leave you they don't leave mm. you you know and so mm. they're in me it's not like oh you know I'm, I'm gonna try really hard to pass this on to the kids because it's just something things that I do and I know that because they are kids and they're in a very western culture and it's different from what it used to be you know um I'm not a first generation immigrant um it's going to be a bit watered down but then still I want to pass on certain things to them like I feel mm. like it's really important for me to do that yeah yeah that's you bring up such a key point as well and I totally agree with this because I've also fallen into this 
trap of like oh okay now I'm on a pedestal or you know because I have a platform people are looking at me I now have to talk about these issues and um, I definitely keep falling back into that trap and it's a responsibility if you want to take the responsibility if you want to be the campaigner go ahead and be the campaigner but also if you just want to live your best life just like doing your thing and if that just happens to be quite pioneering then so be it but it doesn't mean that you have to go around like teaching everybody about this lifestyle or you know like preaching it to the world kind mm. of thing um so yes like living by example is by far the best way and when i talk about you know having a responsibility it's because i take it on right because i see it as a responsibility i want to take on because i mm. care about certain things but mm. i don't think everybody has to take that responsibility and you know it's very much like if you want to go on a podcast and talk about your mixed race marriage by all means but also if you're kind of done with that life and you're just like you know what i need to focus on like my real life and my other stuff yeah then i totally get it and also i can see how like growing up with a super indian upbringing and marrying someone who's not indian doesn't make you less indian right you're no. still like very very close to your roots and your culture and you would want to pass that to your kids so i think I definitely am learning this as I go and you know trying not to put too much pressure on myself. I am just by nature very hard on myself at times. So um people constantly remind me like Tali, you know you, you can just like calm down, just chill, it's okay. Um but sometimes like I think it's so much like stuff that I've grown up with that I'm starting to understand, you know, where the frustrations were growing up and like with having grown up in two very different cultures. Um It's almost like I'm venting all of that out now. Yeah. Um but I know that I'll also reach a point where I'll just be like, you know what? I just I'm kind of done with this. And um I definitely had this when Brown Gabe Strong became an interview podcast. I breathed a sigh of relief because I was like, I no longer want to rant to people about me or like my life. Yes. Yeah. Like it's boring after a while I'm just like, oh, I'm so done. But I love hearing other people's stories. So it's actually really nice to be able to um to kind of just take a step back and just live and if other people take it and then great. Yeah. Um yeah, it's like I guess it's like the whole it's not that deep and doesn't have to be that much pressure either on us. No. And you know what Mithali like you're talking about the whole um you know talking about yourself and and um campaigning yourself on these podcasts, right? On your own podcast. Like I have never I've I've done probably like over 100 episodes of this podcast, right? there's never been even one episode called mixed race marriages or interracial marriages i've never done one on it i've just never done it and i don't and i'm not going to because mm. uh, i've done one about um raising mixed race kids and it was at the time of you know black lives matter and yes. about you know you're bringing your children up and they're seeing all this and if your kids are half black whether they're white and black or whatever what are you telling them how do they feel how do they identify with right so mm. i did that but i've i've never done one on 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 mixed race marriage because it's like i don't even know what i'm going to say because i'm just this is like my life and i'm just living a normal life and to me i don't wake up every day going oh my god you're black i'm indian what the hell like it's just <laughs> it's just no you know it's just normal and and then like through podcast you know i will tell like talk about myself and then it comes out but i'm not going to mm. do like a thesis on it for people because i feel like i i don't need to and also this whole mm. thing of like you know i just feel like um one thing i've noticed about the indian community is as opposed to other communities is they're not they're very quick to cast people out and they're very yes. slow to welcome people in so when i look at the black community for example 
if you're mixed race, so, you know, there's, it's not like, oh, well, well, you're white because, you know, you've got a white mum. So you, they, they don't do that. You know, some people might. But in general, it's very much of, you know, you're one of us, you're black, come into the, the fold, right? And yeah. that is such a beautiful thing because, mm. yes, you know, this kid may have one white parent, but they know they also belong here and that's really important whereas i think asian people are very quick to say no sorry you're not asian enough you're not brown enough you need to go over there with your other parent from a different race what do you know about culture do you get what i mean or like oh you know instead of welcoming somebody in okay welcome to the community you're part of us now or you married somebody within our community you're part of us take on our traditions we've got you mm. there really isn't a lot of that no there isn't and and i do agree that you know there is very much a point that is made when someone gets married outside of the desi um community you know even with caste so like and religion we, isn't it yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah i think i think it's becoming a little more accepted if it's outside caste but again it's yeah. like a whole north indian versus south indian so like yeah. as a sindhi if if like i married like punjabi it wouldn't be so bad but if i married a tamil it would be worse um <laughs> just because it's like oh well you don't understand the culture you know yeah. but it's just um it comes it comes from a place of ignorance i would say and it is very unique about our generation like my generation you know where or or yours as well mm-hmm. you know where we have grown up in a desperation of trying to hold on to our roots like that's kind yeah. of how the communities have formed right and i can speak for the sindhi community they were refugees so during the partition they um, we, you know, Sindh is in Pakistan, so all the mm-hmm. Hindus got kicked out of Pakistan basically to go to India, mm-hmm. which is why so many Sindhis ended up abroad. And, you know, I think because of that, in my community, they're kind of stuck in an era, which is like 20, 30 years yeah. old. You know, so like Sindhis in India are very different to Sindhis abroad and actually more progressive. It's just that I think the community here is in a little bit of denial, like especially the older generation, like the probably the elderly people as well in the community. They're kind of just like, no, no, no. But like back in the homeland, this is what happens. It's like, no, 30 years ago, this is what used to happen. And so because of like this desperation, they are not open-minded to other cultures, right? They're just like, no, this is all we know. This is our people. We don't trust anyone. Everyone's horrible to us. Everybody hates us. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to kill us or something. I don't know what the mindset yeah. is. Um, or they want to scam us, you know? They want to steal all our, all our money. It's and generational so, trauma. Um, it's actually generational trauma. It is, it is. And we carry that as well. And so it's just like, actually, that whole mindset, I kind of get it. Like, I get why they think that way. It's, yeah. It doesn't make it okay, but I can put myself in that situation and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. So ultimately, I just see it as we just have to look forward. And I've spent so much time with, you know, with these South Asian platforms, with my own thinking about the past, being really upset about the past, being like, oh, you know, this is this form, like this forms my identity. And it's so important to understand where you come from. But I also get that there's so many things we're not going to be able to change about the older generation. It's it's just circumstantial. So it's actually now, what do we do next? Because we can change what comes next. 
So that's where it's like, okay, let's think about it more positively. And so when we talk about um, marrying outside um, your caste or, you know, outside religion, mm-hmm. there's, there's certain things that are acceptable. So, you know, that for example, um, if like in our community, someone marries someone who's white, it's not as bad compared yeah, to if they exactly. marry someone who's black. Yep. Um, or someone who's um, East Asian or Muslim, mm-hmm. right, or Pakistani. So, like, you know, if you're Indian and you marry Pakistani or vice versa, that's, like, a big deal still. Yes. Um, and there's various reasons. It's not the same reason for each thing. But, like, for example, why is it okay for... Uh, still relatively okay to marry a white person? Because of white supremacy, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's actually very interesting to separate each each individual thing so why is it that certain castes are more acceptable why is it that certain religions are more acceptable hindu sikh is not as bad as hindu muslim marriages so it's just like it's very interesting to actually unpack that and we can't apply the same rule to everything but what we can do is just slowly and lovingly try and just break through those mindsets a little bit um i don't know if that actually answers the question or or if there was a question no it, it does i mean the things that we kind of wanted to explore is like how important is the community to us and I think you know it is it is and and you've talked about it even even it is to me still you know and how we break out our pressures to follow a certain path in life and you know keeping traditions I know I will finish with what traditions that we will keep but I just want to say uh, one thing which kind of I guess sums up what we've been talking about as well but the fact that all these values and morals and things that your parents have taught you, the way that the community works, you know, you know your parents operate and move around in the community, right? You know? Yes. Like, my dad, is a, he's, a, he's a socialite in the, the Asian community. He Like, he mm. knows so many people. Everybody knows, you know, who his kids have married and stuff. I don't know what they say behind our backs, but he's still in there doing his thing. And, yeah. you know, um, bizarrely, someone came to him a couple of years ago to say can you find a match for my daughter and he's like uh do I look like I know about arranging marriages like why are you asking me yeah (laughs) wrong person but anyway so you know our parents move around in these in these circles but the things that that are important to them even though we bear it in mind I just feel like being so tightly controlled by it we can sometimes kind of put our own happiness to one side you know I know people who are like in their early 40s and they have been so tightly controlled by their parents like oh no you've got to marry a person like this don't you dare bring a boy into this house or think about meeting someone that's not this cast you know and they've they've been uh tried to like people have tried to fix them up with so many guys didn't work out you know there was a very small pool to choose from they don't they're not with anybody and they're really looking to be with somebody and now their parents are like oh my god you've just wasted your life and look at everybody else they're married and had kids and set their whole life up look at you you're still single not married and now you're past it like and it's you know so I just think you know and people have said to me I was so concerned about what my parents thought I didn't even want to consider meeting a guy who lived like 200 miles away because I was like no I need (laughs) to be near them so I, I think that it's you know you're going to have to live in a world um, mm. without your parents one day. And that's harsh. And nobody really wants yes. that. People that get yeah. on well with their parents, you know. But there is something to be said for kind of standing up a little bit for your own happiness. And all these things that have been instilled in you, if you're a person that is uh, does care about culture and that your parents have brought you up in a certain way, those things are part of you. And I just think that parents kind of 
need to trust the kids a little bit as well like oh you know what it's a different generation we've given them these values somewhere in there is a good sense of morals and stuff and and good values so i'm sure that they're not going totally off the rails that's what mm-hmm. i think there has to be some kind of a a balance is what i think yes yeah it's like I, i'm thinking of this analogy right now of like a rock or a gem you know where, like or a diamond so you, you obviously like diamonds come from rocks right so you've got all this crap outside and you start like digging away and mm-hmm. then you get the actual precious thing so what you're speaking about is yes like the diamonds in there the vor- the the morals and the values and being a good person treating people well mm-hmm. living your life you know abundantly that's all there but there's all this other stuff around it which is actually based on no logic whatsoever it's just what people have learned what they've internalized yeah. it's little traumas they've taken and just blown up into like a value system i think for us it's very important to be very wary of what that rock is and chip away at all the other stuff that doesn't actually serve us and find the good things that we've learned from our parents because that's where i think i i'm so passionate about not being one of those really loud rebellious girls because i'm just not but also mm. i see so much value and so much goodness in like my upbringing and what i've grown up with um and i i'm really grateful for it as well but i also understand that i have I want to break away at the stuff that doesn't make sense because if I internalize that and I start passing that on to the next generation mm. they're going to rebel firstly because they're not going to understand what what I'm on about they'll be like there's no logic behind this you know um but also it's just going to cause a lot more grief down the line so actually it's better to just kind of get rid of it and easier for like the future and you make such a good point that we are the next generation of you know older like elderly yeah. people like we will be old one day and we'll, we'll be, be like the people yep. that Yeah, and we'll be the ones that, you know, kids are like kind of looking up to as like the aunties mm-hmm. in the community. And so it's very important to know that our lives are our own and they are not we should not live them entirely for other people. Obviously, this is a generalization because it really just depends on the kind of pressures we have around yeah. us. But surely we're able to add more value to other people's lives and to our own and to the world if we are happier, freer. and more authentically living our own true self right rather than kind of just trying yeah. to please people all the time because yes there is a time and place for that and you know i'm not saying piss everybody off in in your path but like if that's what it takes then that's what it takes but mm. i do definitely think that it is a, a very hard um exercise it's it's actually not easy at all no, um living authentically while still being accepted and and being a good example um quote unquote to to other people so that they can see actually that's a really good way to live and yes maybe we've done things differently yes we may have pissed people off in the yeah. path as well but like it's accepted and it's the whole like getting uncancelled like you mm. did right <laughs> ultimately yeah let yourself get yeah. cancelled a little bit but just come back on track so that you know people aren't like completely shunning you away from society um but again yeah it depends like that's just kind of how i choose to live my life um and and i'm definitely seeing the benefits of it because you know as vocal as i am about certain issues and sometimes i make people uncomfortable i do know that i do it in a way where it's like trying to be accepting and you know trying to slowly shift our mindsets away and i think for the younger generation they they do admire that because they're just like we have someone who's you know doing things right and we can kind of use that as an example and that's like tried and tested you know it works yeah. like 
you know, when I, before I moved to the UK, like, I think there was still this irrational mindset of like, oh, if you send your, um, your daughter abroad, she's gonna like go crazy. She's going to become a drug addict. She's going to have kids before getting married, married and all this stuff. Again, like lots of like irrational stuff, because I think it's, again, all of these things are personal choices. Um, and if you want to do them great, but it's just like, that's, that's the mindset right it's just like she's gonna completely go off the tracks yeah. and then now knowing that i didn't it's kind of like ah actually it's not too bad okay maybe that's fine for my daughter too <laughs> where, where where were you before so were you in india or are you in, in a different is it spain i grew up in barcelona yeah oh wow oh my God. So, are you fluent in spanish yeah. then yes <laughs> oh wow okay so are your parents are still there yes yeah they're here. right okay um so going forward what are the things that you would want to keep alive and pass on to future generations? I think family values. Family is very important. Respecting your elders. Um, you know, not in every single situation, but respecting that they've been on earth longer and they do have certain things they've learned over time that we can learn from. Um, I would definitely encourage them to question things. Um, so if I, you know, were to subconsciously teach them something that doesn't logically Mm -hmm. actually make sense then I would want them to challenge that as well but in a respectful way I think there's a way to do it without kind of you know upsetting everyone um I would definitely want to teach them language um I speak Hindi I think I speak Hindi fluently I don't know if it's fluent anymore um I don't speak Sindhi which is actually my mother tongue but I would definitely pass on some of the recipes and the values and just just like the essence of what it is to be be in our community you know um because i think i i definitely see the benefits of being of a collectivist mindset you know you look out for people around you you make sure that nobody goes hungry um you make sure that you're inviting people around and you know just Mm -hmm. just hosting and i want to do all those things and i would want to pass that on to them because what I'm afraid of is like now growing up in the West, we're all becoming a very, very individualistic. And I am too, to a huge extent. But I think some of the it's good stuff selfish, gets taken selfish away. Selfish culture, doesn't, isn't it? It's quite it consumerism becomes, yeah. and selfish culture. Yeah, there is, a, there is a fine line between, you know, being independent and being selfish. Um, and I, I am towing that line every day, but I'm very conscious of that. So yeah, that, those are the things. But what about you? I'd love to know what you would want to pass on or what you are passing on to your kids. Um, I mean, language is a big one for me as well. Like I um, speak really rubbish Hindi, but well, it's, it, yeah, it's not great. I need to practice. But my Punjabi is very good and I am Punjabi. And so um, I'm, I'm quite good with Punjabi and I try to speak like a lot of the time so that half the time I would speak English to the kids and then half the time it's Punjabi because I want them to know it and expose mm. them to it you know um, I want them to go to India I want them to um, and and the same like we need to go make a trip to Ghana to my husband's side as well because I think I just want them to know have that sense of roots you know that okay mm. you are here yes you're British you know you were born here you're going to live here probably but that sense of of roots is really important for me you know like yeah the 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 music the food everything like that the celebrations uh, and family and and I just think like I think I'm quite lucky with the fact that 
both side we're close to both sides of the family and mm-hmm. you know bringing people together and that sense of family i think is um really um important and and just the fact that sometimes i'm like you know the if they're acting up and you know i'm like this doesn't work in real life girls because these are like these posh little kids on these tv programs that you watch yes they're being all rude to their parents and things and it's supposed to be funny <laughs> it's not going to work in this family i'm sorry to say yeah. you know so yeah. so things like so that's what i'm trying to teach them like look you are you're from a background where respect for your elders is really important you do, it's not like tv where you get to make these smart alec jokes and everyone's like ha 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 it's considered rude you know you see your grandparents you're supposed to say namaste and all this and mm-hmm. you know so i'm just trying to teach them those kind of things and that that's what i want to pass on to them i think Mm, I love that. And you've just made me think of a couple more. So one, Bollywood. I'm a huge Bollywood fan and I hate to say this because Bollywood is very very troublesome. Mm-hmm. Whole other podcast. But yeah. um but uh, I love the music and I know all the lyrics to all the songs. It's just I don't even know sometimes how my brain holds so many lyrics, but I'm just like I would want to pass that to my children for sure. And the other one is also openness, just being transparent as well and learning to just have as open conversations as possible and not really have to lie or hide things because that's what happens right when you grow up in a strict household as well yeah. you end up just doing it anyway mm. and Absolutely. and then it's more dangerous because you're not supervised or whatever so mm. um so yeah that those things but i totally agree with you um i think the food the culture the music everything just the colors and I honestly I feel really proud and I always th- I always think this I'm like I'm actually so proud to be Indian <laughs> like I really am oh, yeah same, same it's so rich like you know my taste buds are just so used to so much masala in my food and I love that like I could not deal with just eating bland food every day um so it's little things like that definitely yeah I, I and I also think I I wouldn't want them to be so much like what are people going to think what are people going to think and they're going to think that even about their peer group but I'd kind of want them to to think you know what you know how how am i gonna face my self in the mirror and mm. my the people that love me my family you know my siblings if i want to make a certain decision and i think that's really important so i think yeah i think that yeah i think i would teach them that uh, and i thought one I, thing yeah Sorry, I was just going to say one thing we didn't actually touch on was social media, which is going to be massive. I mean, I don't know if it'll be massive like in 20 years time, but that also ties into like caring about what people think. Because it's like people in your own group of friends who obviously like I'm reading a lot about like mental health being such a big problem with um, teenagers nowadays because they're literally growing up with this so I'm really curious to see how that's going to evolve over time and I really hope people go backwards rather than care more and more about I, social media do you know what I was talking to one of my sisters about this the other day and this is probably yeah. another topic for another podcast so I won't go too much into it but I think there's going to be a fallout from all of this from all of this high on social media I actually think that there's going to be repercussions and people are going to be trying to take a little step away from that kind of thing because now i see kids who are like literally have no concentration concentration span they don't even say hello to you when you walk into a room because they're literally on some device that's not normal that's not normal yeah. i don't care what anyone says so i just think there's going to be so yes yeah, so let's see what happens in the future because i think there will be some some fallout from it i'm sure but yeah because yeah, definitely... i think the kids the kids nowadays definitely care more about what their friends think than what the aunties think 
it's but so. it's a different look isn't it it's my it social mm-hmm. circle my the way that i'm seen my image on all of this so it's it's yeah it's different so we've got to be mindful of that as well i think mm, yeah for sure but thank you so much yeah. Mithali. thank you so much for joining me it's been really really good chatting to you and connecting with you um and uh just lastly like if people want to find out a little bit more about brown game strong um in your podcast just give yourself a little plug yeah thank you so much rena for having me it's been such a fun chat for an hour i feel like i've just had a therapy session yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's been great and you're an amazing interviewer by the way um oh, thank you but um yeah just uh, in terms of plugging things so I run a podcast called Brown Game Strong. It's been running for two years. It's an interview podcast where I just bring on um, trailblazers within the diaspora um, Mm -hmm. who are doing really cool things. And we touch on things like self-doubt and just, you know, managing multiple side hustles and being multifaceted, you know, not just defining yourself by one Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So it's been really great. And yeah, that's it, really. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone who's listening as well. And please do check out Mithali's podcast, Brown Game Strong. And also um, share this episode with your sisterhood. Follow me on Insta at Sisterhood of Mommy and Perfect or at Rina Dianabil. There's a Mommy and Perfect Facebook group as well. So just share it, share the love. And also let me know if you think that there's anything that I should be talking about on this podcast, then definitely get in touch and let me know. So from me and Mithali. That's it for now. Until next week. Bye. Bye.